0: Hey everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Today, we're discussing summertime training. During the summer, our schedules get pretty busy. In addition to working all week, now we've got evening practice and weekend games with the kids, picnics, barbecues, pool time, vacations, you name it. What if we could reduce our training even down to once per week while still making gains and allowing us to spend that important time with family and friends. Sound impossible? Not really. We wanna talk about the history of minimalism. And there's nobody more qualified to talk about that than our very own Marty Gallagher. So Marty, why don't you get into the history of minimalism? How, why did all this start? Tell us about
1: it. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know, back in the day, um, I would say, what, Jim, prior to 1960? Yeah, uh, I'd say actually it really changed in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, it was just common accepted practice that whether you were an Olympic lifter or a bodybuilder, you trained three times a week. You trained each muscle three times a week. Whole body, right? Well, uh, yeah, how else could you do it? Right. It wasn't, I mean, yeah. They weren't thinking about split routines and all that. They were going to train the whole body three days a week, right? Three times a week, which kind of precluded multiple top sets. You weren't doing, you weren't running into a lot of multiple. Although that's not really true. If you were an Olympic lifter, yeah, you, you would do like, um, I think Skamansky would do like work up and do three sets of three in the press, for example, right? Yeah. You know, and maybe something like that in the snatch, and that usually they would break the clean and jerk into, I don't know, power clean and jerk or off the racks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, Always squat, 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 squat. So they were all squatting three times a week. They were doing everything three times a week. Um, But the physiques were lighter, and the poundages were lighter, and you know what I mean? I mean, they weren't bench pressing and uh, the emphasis really wasn't on squatting. Squatting was just another thing they did. Right. De- deadlift really wasn't much practiced. Everything was about overhead lifting. That was the, uh, what Jim, the benchmark to manhood was how much you could overhead how much can overhead lift.
2: How much can you press,
1: right? Uh, or you... put Or put overhead. Right. Uh-huh. How
2: much? How much can you lift overhead? right that's what the what what do you know what they would do as far as periodizing that week would they go like a heavy medium light
1: or heavy light medium or how would uh, they, do? they would just would they, they, it? they didn't talk like that yeah they just every week you just gave it your all every session you gave it your all <laughs> yeah. marty
0: be, because they were training every muscle uh three times a week i mean were they they must have been training every single day of the week with no breaks right
1: no, they would train. We, I did it in my basement. I, I, yeah, or, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but that's the way you did it. And I had my group of training partners, and we showed up, and we just worked through everything together. I mean, <coughs> as a uh, unit, we would work through. I don't know. It, we were all we were all competitive Olympic lifters back then. We so we and we had the press so we did press we probably start with the press because that was everybody's favorite so press snatch we hated (laughs) cleaning clean and jerk oh we were like split snatch and it was horrible yeah strong as hell but gruesome technique uh clean and jerk um what else well, then you gotta move on to your squat, your bench press, which we had a homemade bench because they didn't really they didn't really have manufactured benches much back then, you know, Jim, with like uprights. Crazy. They couldn't, men are going on the moon. We couldn't figure out how to make a bench with uprights. <laughs> Marvin Etter set all his records with half, I mean, Marvin, a bench 505 with a collar to collar grip, which I can't imagine on a guy who stood maybe 5'5". And he repped, I don't know, 450, there 455 for five, and guys were two guys were handing him the bar.
0: Amazing. Yeah, because he was like laying on a picnic bench or something. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. That's
1: that is strong. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, they didn't even yeah. have the bench press. Was like, you know, half the people were like, "What's that?" You know, yeah. and everything was uh, how much can you lift overhead? Yeah. And again that kept poundages light and then the bodybuilding stuff is what curls everybody curled um did a few sets here and there yeah uh you know arms you did uh, we did we did a lot of dips thank god yeah, yeah. um the oh you doing dips on oh
0: you were doing uh, on stairs, was a great, right yeah this is this is yeah this
1: is great now we had to stair. we had um the stair step that led down into the unfinished basement. I got a stepladder and a two by four that identically matched the height of one of the stairs, so you could walk up the two by walk up the stepladder yeah, and launch yourself at full arm's length to start your perfectly level dip. Now the only the only thing was is that your hands instead of turned front to back as you do on a dip bar, they were turned. Side to side, like if you were doing a bench press or an overhead press. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, think that and he- I think
1: that, I think Jimmy, I think that helped. I think the fact that I did all my dips yeah. with that side to side grip, like I would have a pair of dumbbells on my hand or a barbell in my hand, I think that made a hell of a difference in terms of harnessing that dip power. And we were doing weighted dips by the end. Oh, yeah. it was crazy. Uh, but I think that really helped. I think if I were to, uh, if a guy were to be able to do dips today, I would advise, try turning your hand sideways. Huh? You know, uh, and I remember
2: Pavel talking about this uh, dips are shoulder killers and all that. I've done dips for like 30 years. I've never had an issue with them. It
1: depends. It depends how low you go. If, if you go super low, if you go as low as you possibly can, right. That, changes the dip into something entirely different yeah that's and what that, I say and no, that no. that is that is um, potentially injurious right so upper arm right below parallel you yeah. know and, like, and, not, and see like, the problem. like like you were doing a legal squat
2: yeah and and not this relaxed you know I we relax into stretch when we're teaching how to do the goblet and all that yeah but not with the dip no you know, not with the dip no. no
0: yeah Jim, are you going wide on those? Or are you are you no, altering I, 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 the grip? No. Nah. Now I'm um,
2: just like just like an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman pushing with my elbows in tight. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
2: I think that's the most natural. That's how I teach everybody to bench when mm-hmm. they first start off too. And then
1: that's we that, that's our that's our narrow grip yeah. bench. Yeah, width. And I think narrow, that's the narrow
0: grip way. bench width. Yes.
1: Way, yeah. And but natural, I think
0: too. I think, too, when, when you start going wide and you start trying to hit the packs and, and all that, I think that's where uh, the shoulder injuries come in, too, especially well, if you're, you're putting yeah, weight on yeah, it and all that. O- that's, a point.
1: that that's, that's overthinking it. You know, when you start saying, well, I'm going to go wide, that is a disaster for anybody's shoulders. Just think about yeah. the anatomical look of that. Yeah. A guy's going to take a wide grip and go down. How can that not be disastrous? Oh, I got a good idea. Let's strap on a forty-five pound plate. <laughs> you know, right. we do this in our seminars. I say, "Well,
2: give me somebody to stand up here and and push me." Yeah. And they automatically tuck their elbows in and push you. You're yeah. most powerful when you're closer to your midline. Right. And then mm-hmm. I said, "Well, I saw you over there benching with your hands. I like guess you're not very powerful like that, are yeah. you? You know." That's right. So that natural motion or that natural width is something I think everybody should
1: at least start off with. Where's your power, boys? Come on. Yeah. Anyway, so getting back to this, so everybody was training three times a week, but again, it's it's easier to train three times a week if you're squatting two seventy five for reps, than than it it is if you're squatting five fifty for reps. That's why it's great for beginners, right? And, I think um, so. And also you get a lot of practice. Right. The skill of and, the skill. And back
0: and back, yes. Marty, when you guys were training like that, you were you were training the three days a week, but these were like marathon training sessions. How long were these sessions? Yeah. Well, you know, I try to
1: go real back in time and I can't really I'd have to be two hours, I'm thinking that's it i thought it'd be more than that no i don't think so because um we, we we broke it up we'd only have we broke it up we had a couple couple three platforms you can only work in about what jim five guys at a yeah. time if, if you're working too many guys guys start getting cold yeah you, right. you have been yeah. around yeah it's too long it takes too long to get your attempt in. you want to have enough time to recover not too much time that you get cold. And also with a bunch of guys, if you leave them sitting around too long, they start talking. Mm. And we want to avoid that. We want to keep the head in the game here. This is about the lifting. It's just like, bam, you lift. Bam, you lift. Bam, now it's your turn. you know. And you, by the time it's back to you, you're rested and ready. Yeah.
2: And, and honestly, man, you only have so much in you, even if you're switching exercises.
1: And we would work up. You gotta remember, we were kids, we were slamming yeah. calories. Yeah, oh, yeah. Lord almighty, I, I I I don't know how my father afforded to feed me. I know why, because it was <laughs> so ch- it was so cheap. It was so cheap. Yeah, a, a, milk, a school lunch cost 35 cents. Yeah.
0: Probably.
1: I would I would routinely get two school lunches and four extra quarts of milk. Right yeah. for a yeah. dollar. My father would give me a dollar every day, five dollars a week. Crazy. That's that's for your lunch. Two. Oh so, yeah. yeah. We
0: we I was lucky enough to have the the last lunch shift, so I would go through. <laughs> I would pay for my initial one. It was like a dollar back then in the mid eighties, and um, we got smart and started becoming friends with the lunch ladies. Oh we'd yeah. We go through yeah, and you know BS yeah. with them a little bit and go, yeah, yeah. and they would go, hey, we're gonna throw all yeah. this out. You want you want some extra pizza and stuff? Yeah, I know, come so. on, pile it yeah. on
1: exactly with us it was extra mashed potatoes and gravy yeah <laughs> pizza burgers we had pizza from burgers. this mm-hmm. off the steam table anyway we're getting off our food again see we've got to stop this but,
0: but why three days a week who came up with that why well,
1: because that was the accepted science the settled science at the time was that unless you train thrice weekly your muscles would degrade your progress would right. come undone you'd go backwards yeah, if I thought after
2: 48 hours you would degrade or something like I that. think it was after
1: 36 yeah so then they were like we got to get back in the gym yeah yeah and that was any that was unchallengeable right is that the word unchallengeable yeah you, you, it was you couldn't contest it anyone who even said that hey that's maybe, that's maybe, that's that's true. True. hey maybe maybe that's not true it was like are, Oh, you? What, what are you? Uh, uh from Appalachia? Apparently, that is. Are you from Appalachia? What are you? <laughs> 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 Show him the exit, right? Yeah. No more questions from that fool. Yeah. So, powerlifting became an official sport in 1964. There was no powerlifting officially before that. Yeah. So, when it became an official sport, they started having regional, state, regional national and eventually in 71 world championships but initially they had uh, you had your city championships your state championships your regional championships and then your nationals and this is under the auspices of the aau the amateur athletic union you had records right you had age group records if you were a teen, you know you had uh, open records Weight classes, nine weight classes at the time. So uh, you had bodybuilding under the AAU, which was um, not the IFBB, which was really the hardcore kind of West Coast guys and the the hardcore European guys. Uh, So it was a lively scene and everybody trained three times a week. Well, when powerlifting became a sport, the guys that started winning were getting up into the 700 squat and deadlift 500 pound bench range and they, they couldn't recover three times a week
2: yeah, it probably happened organically where they went in and go man my, I, my legs feel like crap i can't do this uh, yeah i can't yeah. do uh, 560 for six today no and
1: because so they, they can't
2: they take another day and then maybe another day and then all of a sudden yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, there were guys, there were the very, very, very first wave of the 70s power lifters, guys like Larry Pacifico, Kaz Meyer. Um, those guys were power bodybuilder trainers. They trained three times a week. Larry and Kaz benched three times a week. They yeah. deadlifted three times a week, but they were both heavy, supplemental. Drug users, and both were just eating incredible amounts of food. I remember Mark Chalet telling me that this was when Larry was world champion. I think Larry was nine times world champion, weighing as much as two hundred and forty pounds at oh, I don't know five five. <clears throat> where where bench press six hundred raw, Damn. right? And the Mark, what talking about, right? Larry Larry Pacifico of yeah. Dayton, the greatest. Yeah. Powerlifting champion of his era, and Chalet said, "Oh yeah, we go to remember Sizzler Steakhouse.
2: Oh yeah, Yes.
1: Yeah. So we go to Sizzler with Larry. Said he'd routinely get for lunch every day, get two to three steaks.
2: <laughs> yeah, Dude, that's anabolic as hell, man. Oh uh, uh, yeah, those days.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he was he was eating, he was napping, he was training, yeah. right, and he just loved to train, and he just." He loved to train and but he had some injuries, a lot of injuries. Uh, Kaz had a lot of injuries, uh, so the majority of the guys they said we can't we can't cope, so we're going to cut twice a week. My mentor,
2: you think Kaz would have been seven times off if he didn't tear his pec? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was strong man, six sixty one. He had a lot of. He
1: also he had a lot of distractions. He was being strong pulled. man and all that. Oh, he was into football. He was going to oh, be. A, yeah. He was going to be a football player. He was being uh, like the the Green Bay Packers were giving him tryouts. Yeah, he was with them for a little bit in training. It was a serious thing. He had. He was so. If he's going to be a football player, he's got to uh, skewer his nutrition and training in that direction. You know what I mean? Well, that takes away. From your power career, yeah, uh, professional wrestling kept beckoning him. Who else? Uh, he was going to do sumo wrestling for a while. I mean, he was yeah. so many directions and so many opportunities that uh, if he had just been kind of a powerlifting monk, yeah, I think he would have set records that I think. First off, I think he would have pushed his body weight up to like three eighty, yeah. He's peaked out. He was
2: 330.
1: Dang. Right. But I think if he'd have been uninterrupted for like eight years <clears throat> where he had massive distractions, I think he would certainly push his body weight up another 50 pounds and he would have set records. I don't think that the guys could touch today.
0: Yeah. Marty, I think 50 pounds of that was probably traps. I mean, he had some of the most incredible uh, traps. I, mean, <laughs> I,
1: I, I never saw or met him. I never saw him in person. No, I saw him
0: a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, he was Um, at
2: strength coach clinics. Yeah,
1: I met new Tony fitton who was Tony was instrumental in early CAS. He was partially responsible for what CAS was, and CAS was a great. Anyway, we don't want to get in CAS. So the guys had to had to cut back to twice a week, and uh, I mentored under Hugh Cassidy, who was one of those guys. And we would do squat and back off sets, bench press and back off sets, deadlift and back off sets, overhead press and arms. Pull. Oh yeah, we'd go on some other crazy How exercise. many times a week did you do those high pulls, twice, man? Twice a week. Everything
2: twice right. a every, week. So, you, so yeah.
1: So you did a heavy high pulls twice a week. Yeah. And we froze in February and we was sweat and blood on the floor in August, right? so when he would walk downstairs and say
2: hey i got something new for you guys
1: you guys would be like oh man. Uh, god yeah well always he'd wait till the end of the session he knew when right. we were when we'd gotten all the as he called it the meat and potatoes right out of the way now it's time for dessert <laughs> and this is stuff he you
2: know as smart as he was he's probably thinking this stuff up like how can i improve the pull off the floor how can i improve?
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah so he and again the heave was as he put it halfway between an upright row and a deadlift he says right. and and it's not quite a power clean but it's a he says a deadlift with velocity and extended range of motion so were you leaving the ground on those, or were you just- No, You but, but you would go up on your toes. Okay, so you're getting triple extension, ankle, knee, hip. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and he didn't care if you strapped in. It wasn't about the grip, right. because your hands were sweaty as hell anyway. Yeah, yeah. At that point. You know, so, but it was like, and it's just, and this is after we've done, uh, you work up to your, let's say, I don't know. Are you at, all right, are you in uh, season gym or off season? Off season. Uh, how far out uh you know you're not even started your 12-week cycle oh no don't do that because we wouldn't even go to Cassidy's then oh okay yeah I didn't know that okay so yeah yeah, you're eight weeks away you're eight weeks eight weeks out so we're still handling the lightweight so we're still I don't know we'd better work up to a set of eight maybe I don't know 405 for eight right in the heath no, 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 in the squat. Oh, okay. So you start okay. with squat, maybe work up to 405 or 455 for eight, okay. you know, and then, but then you'd have us do back off sets of like two sets of 10, right? Doing the ass on heels stuff. You talk about some muscle gains, man. Yeah. And you, and it's lighter. You, you strip off weight. You strip off 90 pounds of whatever you, whatever your top set is, you strip off 90. Yeah. But you, as he said, do the next thing to go in naked, and just extended, extended range of motion. They were horrible, right. but then we're just, well, we're just getting started because then you go to the bench press and you work up to your set of eight, right. touch and go. Then you'll do I don't know two sets of paused eights, right, to fry your chest, or maybe some dumbbells, right, yeah. two sets, of, two sets of eight. Uh, no, yeah, no, not, uh, not purposely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're grinding. (laughs) You know, you might even get, you might even get a little help. Uh, yeah. So, but but Jim, we're just finished. After after that, we go to deadlift. Yeah. And and he would not go up to set to eight in the dead. We do go up to set to eight in the back off. So he'd go up to set of five in the dead, but it might be a set of five off a block or off a hundred. or you're elevated and then you would do, he liked the stiff leg for the back off, which I disagreed with him on. Oh, he had a very specific way of doing it. So you'd, but you'd knock 90 pounds off. So, I mean, it wasn't like you're, I mean, these are very precise, accurate stiff legs, but you're fried. You've already done all that squatting. You've done your competitive deadlifting. Now you're doing two sets of the stiff leg deadlifts. Yeah. Then you got to do arm, you got to do some sort of overhead press, but the ceiling's too low, so you got to sit on a bench or sit in a low, you know. And it's you you do a couple, you work up to a set of five in that, and then you do you pump your arms up, and then he comes coming down the stairway, and we go, oh God, oh no, please! (laughs) And he goes, oh, let me show you this new thing I've been working on. Here, put put three (laughs) fifteen on. This was the heat. And that's what he's warming up with, and we're like, uh, these forty-five pound curls are really feeling heavy. Yeah, three fifteen. What are you going to do with that? You do these violent movements for fives. Come on over here; they're easy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we're crawling up the stairs. We we you. used to we used to have we used to drink between a quart and a half gallon of milk on the hoods of our cars before we got in, when you got in to drive home, you had to grab your shaking key hand with your off hand to get it into the ignition. (laughs) Yeah. You brought the the milk with you? Yes.
0: And Uh, and how about working the clutch on the way home? (laughs) I Uh, I still remember that.
1: The hand thing was the thing. And and, and, and then a guy like Peck would go, I'm telling you, if your hands aren't shaking so bad, you got to grab it with your other hand. You didn't really uh, give it your all. You yeah. didn't give it your all.
2: I'm telling you, those back offsets work. And, and you know, I remember talking <laughs> to Bob Widener about this because I was experimenting with him with some of the kids' athletes I was training. And he said, well, look at it this way. Look how much extra tonnage you're getting in.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, ton, Jim. If you, Jim, if you're not slamming calories, you will break Oh, no, down. course. You will break down. Oh, you got, a lot, you got a lot of people who love that high-volume approach, but that's not what we're talking about. You got to push upward every week. Yeah. As Cassie said, no going backwards. It's like, okay. Yeah, I love good. that. So then you just, you know, you take, like you said, 90 pounds, but
2: your max is going up each week when you're doing your threes and fives.
1: Uh, you, go up, you, you go up 10 pounds a week in this – if you're a normal lifter, I'm not talking about a star, but if you go up 10 pounds a week and you're squatting your deadlift – well, you just jump up to 120 pounds over whatever you jumped in at, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 60 pounds over your whatever bench press you had when you started. And, uh, you know, and, and yeah, you know, we, we routinely got five to 10% increases over our previous best every every 12-week cycle. But,
2: and he said but
1: we increased, I pushed my body weight up, see, from one, one, 190 to you know i won a national championship at 242 and i took third in the masters worlds at 242. yeah i also so marty, won, i also won that national championship in 198. As a
0: marty World. so when you when you guys all cut it down from three times a week to two times a week were the results immediate i mean did you see you started getting stronger putting on muscle yes absolutely right away got was
2: that like a monday thursday marty a tuesday friday it was
1: always be a weekend you'd always have one weekend day usually saturday right okay because everybody can do saturday and then sunday monday you know like tuesday wednesday i would go there okay see they might come to my place because they they kind of liked my environment i had a good basement set up and they liked coming over to montgomery county and hanging out we'd eat afterwards and you know we'd cook it up and yeah the marshall and joe ferry and and hugh and would venture over to my lair but I, i'd go up there twice a week too i think it was uh 30 miles he lived in highbridge road in Bowie, Bowie, maryland yeah back on Bowie was country <clears throat> yep get on the beltway and head out about 15 miles into the woods he had a farm at like a Yoda cottage, <laughs> go down into the basement and yeah. have, have at it. And but also at, at Hughes, we outgrew, we got too strong. It wasn't meant for 700 pound rep squatting. I think we told you guys it's we trained on exercise bars at Hughes, yeah, and we wheel, have steel wheels and stuff. Yeah, keep cutting the, the hundreds were cut out of steel. With jagged edges, and one of them said 98.5, and the other one said 101.5, right? <laughs> in shock. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Past, past 650, we had to hang, put coat hangers with on the ends of the, the six foot exercise bar that had dumbbells on the end of them, and you had to time it so that you got the bounce. <laughs> hey,
2: yeah. did, did he actually win the world's training only there?
1: Yes. Wow. Well, it, that's why when he went to a competition, he his squat and his bench would jump up 50 pounds, and he his squat and deadlift would jump up 50 pounds, his bench would jump up 30 pounds. And you'd say, why? And he said, because great equipment and people. Yeah.
2: A bar that rotates so those bars aren't rotating you were no. wow wow you're lifting on fuck freaking standard yeah. rotational well, sleeves
0: we they took the crummy steel sleeves off that was part of the the uh the secret sauce though right because yeah. he felt if he could if he could lift that well using that yeah. type the, of equipment the and friend, he went the to f- competition yeah using the, all the good stuff the to the
1: the Fred Munster gear.
0: That's how I envisioned his his basement looked. Was that was it dark and cobwebs yeah, all over yeah. the place? Well, he had he had <laughs> two, <That's right>.
1: two, <laughs> two 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 tiny windows. It was like a, a, a cell in a Siberian gulag. Marty, is he still around? I don't know. Let's not get into all that. We're getting no, so, we're getting so, we're, getting not, so not made... we're getting so wait, wait, far field.
2: We're getting so far afield. Wait, wait. wait, I gotta do this one. <sighs> I, not him personally. I would love to see if he still has those 100 pounds with the jagged edges. And oh, God. I God. God.
1: know. he's not um,
0: taking them out to the trash. We don't. At the barn. We, we don't Jim, maybe, maybe we can get you a good way. deal on them. Oh, <laughs> right. can, can, can you find them? We'll get you a good deal. All right. Next. We'll negotiate right. with you. What about, okay, so how do we finally come down to one day? Why, Oh well. And how, and when?
1: Because the guys got too strong again. Right. Uh, we bear. We were hanging on by our fingernails, and we're in our twenties and eating. I don't know what eight thousand calories a day for sure.
2: You weren't counting it. You were just eating.
1: Oh man, uh, we woke up eating. So much, so much fun. And you get bigger. I mean, you would grow each week. You. I mean, physically, you would get bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger. And the guy and the guys that you were training with. They got bigger and stronger. They led the way. They were stronger. They were better. These were the regional champions, the state champions. And each week These, the bar feels lighter on your back when you put that weight on. Uh, you get a little more savage. You get a little more into it. You get a little more, you know, you just you get a group momentum going. Yeah. right? If you got the right guys uh let me tell you you had joe ferry marshall peck who else dan pinkston would visit us uh cassidy of course some of his crazy friends and um these are serious sessions with serious competitive guys guys who went on to win national and well mark demodort came out of that basement he was the first of us to become great he was a ipf world uh, world champion uh uspf national champion great lifter 510 220 had like a i don't know 31 inch waist what a what a back 775 squat 485 no shirt bench 775 deadlift at you know 219 ripped and again 510 right tall, lean guy, just a powerhouse, undercover DC narc. Whoa, watch out. <laughs> work work in the stick-up zone, watch out. And this was back in the Wild West 70s and early 80s. Yeah, man. Man, he had some stories. Mm-mm-mm. But again, this is a PG-rated program. Let us forge ahead. So the guys got too so strong. That if you're repping 700, you, you, if you do it on Saturday, you can't go to 715 on Wednesday. No, no, (laughs) no. And then 730 on, you know, the following Saturday, it doesn't work that way. Right. So all of a sudden uh, the strong guys are doing the key lifts one time a week. Well, what we later found out is this strategy was actually genius and it, it worked for normal people using lesser weights because the body was trained maximally, it was trained together and it was rested together. And this full and complete, the rested effort was uh, underestimated. That's the thing that the old timers missed on. Is And you could acclimatize to a certain degree. Yes, you could have a rested. You could accelerate the amount of time needed to fully recover. And you could do that mainly through taking in more calories and getting more sleep, more rest. But that doesn't work for normal people. We've got jobs and kids and lives and responsibilities and we can't live the life of a Venice Beach 1970s bodybuilder right. you know
2: it's funny because uh, I had a training partner when I lived in Florida who used to train with Roger Estep in California yep. and they were doing the same thing they, I guess all you guys came to the same conclusion or you were melding ideas at uh, championships but every Saturday they would do all three lifts you know and then I think they would do like a day of assistant stuff in the middle of the yeah. week or something yeah. just to if he, go, you, know, if just you can if you can
1: yeah. yeah if
2: they can but uh yeah. that's just funny because I know you talk about that all the time how you the exchange of ideas it's like uh you know a butterfly flaps his wings and it it causes an earthquake across the world or something it's just all happens at once you know pretty fascinating stuff
1: well, it's all the top guys came to the same conclusion in different, yeah. region, in different regions. Right. That's really cool. So it's like when we were sort of the D.C. Baltimore clique, yeah. right? And um, our top guys, you know, you look at your top guys and you go, well, what'd you do? And they'd tell us. And basically it was, well, we do less, but, you know, we really get jacked (laughs) you know this is life or death training and it's like great we're in sign me up let's go you know and um less became better if less was more intense
2: that's that's the the key
0: and tangible isn't it yeah talk about that because we always talk about okay you can do this but it's the intensity. You have to have 102% effort to make yeah, it work not be, if you're only training one day a week. Body shattering, right? Yeah. Right.
1: Unless it is, it's really not going to trip the hypertrophy switch, which is what we're looking for here.
0: So, I mean, so describe that.
1: Well, there has to be uh, effort of, a, of a, a sufficient intensity for the body to favorably reconfigure itself. We, we grow muscle. Right. That's a defensive mechanism against repeated stresses, right? outside stresses on the body repeatedly over and over. And the body says, God, we need help. What do we do? Oh, here's an idea. Let's construct some more muscle. Yeah. Okay, do we have enough calories? We've got to be in a calorie surplus state. Do we have enough calories for you know amino acid content? And yes, we do. All right, well, let's go. And so the body builds muscle, is defensive response to these stresses. So the stresses have to be increased in order for the body to keep being stressed to the point that it, uh, yeah, it has to it favorably reconfigures itself. Force, forced forced right. adaptation.
2: Right. Forced yeah. So, say that
1: say that again, Jim. Yeah.
2: Forced adaptation because your body yep. thrives yep. on what staying the same. You yep. have to punish it right. to get it to move. You have to punish it to say, "Dang man, I got to right. get my bones bigger. I got to get my so, tendons bigger. I got to get so, my." muscles bigger.
0: Another example of that would would be keeping a journal like we always say and you know that next week you know write all your numbers down say on the bench press do 5 more pounds the next week for the same amount of reps or with the same weight do an extra rep or two. That's 102% effort you're always going forward you're you're making you're forcing the right. body to change.
1: Well all right that's great. That now we're getting into some some deep philosophic area because we're here's the problem love that that's ideal we set up a periodized schedule right jim we write the numbers down on paper guess what life doesn't allow it stuff happens stuff happens right something is going to happen during that 12-week period Mm mm-hmm Right, some stumbling block, something, something, something. So, what do we do about it? <clears throat> um, the way that we approach it is that we have a certain, we might have a certain number for a session. Mm-hmm. As long as we give a hundred percent, as long as we we rep until we cannot do another rep, you've done your duty. You don't have to miss a rep or eat a rep to have given a hundred or 102%. And it doesn't have to be a personal record. It just has to be in relation to your momentary current capacity. You can be having an off day and still give 102%. And that's where,
2: you know, Hugh would come in for you or you would come in for Kirk. So let's say Kirk had to do, you know, eight, 50 for five and you mm-hmm. got three you yep. would have tried that fourth but he would have been out of position so then he looks to you and you guys put your heads together and say okay i think you can make that jump anyway because you had to work you know two days overtime last week you you know you you missed three you know something mm-hmm. like
1: that or you know, we could say time guess what time to shift to triples let's go okay
2: so that's when you're ready you know but that's where that coaching and that communication comes in where you guys you know Put your heads together and figure ah, out.
1: but here's the here, here's the uh proviso to that. Does what you suggest work? In other words, does shifting to triples at that point work? Well, you know, does, does yeah. say, does say, blow it off, let's come back, let's continue with the fives work? Well, you've are your, your empirical experience. Now, you see, I've got uh. Fifty years of coaching under my belt—that's a lot of dudes, right? <laughs> right. So,
2: so you—so on an individual basis—is how you would take it. So, you, when you when you Kirk did that, you could pinpoint what what was wrong, but you could also say, of course, he's going to get eight seventy next week. That's Kirk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, if yeah, you Got somebody who's intermediate. Maybe his confidence isn't his high. His experience. Oh, his absolutely.
1: Right here, oh, absolutely.
2: Say, okay, we're going to hit eight hundred again next week, and we're going to get five, and we're going to make these changes to your nutrition and this during the week you know
1: Kirk's a thousand horsepower formula one car right <laughs> right it's different you handle that different than you do uh, you know an overweight uh minivan that needs yeah. to be wants to become a sports car you know it's just different different things so yes absolutely on the one hand still the point being is that the reason that we get away with one time a week is because if you give a hundred percent and you maximally exert and each week you you just you do what you can at that point in time and regardless of if you're having a a, an extraordinary day or an extraordinarily bad day yeah you can still give 100%. That's the key. You don't blow it off on a bad day. Right. You just you just accept it and go, OK, well, I only got two reps with it. You know, man, <laughs> I did not have there. No way I was going to make a third. Great. Great. you are giving it all you can, right?
0: Just feed your body, rest your body, move on. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, what about the grind in order to put in a hundred, 102% effort? Like we say, is it, is That's, it, is the, does the grind have to be included?
1: Is no, it, we, when, do we, we,
0: when do we bring the grind?
1: Jim will, Jim will bring this up. I just want to say this real quick on it. We save the grind for the end of a cycle. Yeah. I don't want to see people grinding for the first, if it's a 12 week cycle where we're peaking for an event, a training camp, a meet, whatever, uh, I want to save grind for the last four weeks. I don't want to see it the first eight weeks. I want everything to be explosive and snappy. Kirk
0: never grinds. Why no grind? Why is that important?
1: Because he's compensatory acceleration. You move the payload as fast as you can through every inch of the concentric, not the eccentric. Mm-hmm. The eccentric, the, the negatives, control, lower, coil. <laughs> Boom, we explode it. Uh, We don't want to, we want to avoid grind because we we get to the, if we get to the point in the set where the rep slows down, you're done. You're done. We'll save that. We'll save that for the last four weeks. Okay. We've got four weeks to go. We want to peak. All right. Now we throw some weight in the bar. Oh, if you're going to grind a little bit, let's go. Doesn't matter. And and uh, then they're fresh for it. Ed Cone used. Ed Cone used to save his sumo for the last four weeks before competition. Hmm. All the rest of the time, he would use conventional deadlift. He'd <laughs> save the sumo. He was so good at it. He said he would ever do it. Yeah. I mean, and... I look
2: at it like it's a pyramid. So those. Non-gr- non-grind reps are the base. Yes. You know, and so, mm. you, and then I always just ever say to people, okay, you're supposed to do eight. You set your max too high. Everybody does that. Beginners do that all the time. And that's where coaches right. say, Wait a minute. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever even come close to that weight before? <laughs> yeah. You know what but I mean? Also, thinking, oh, I can go up 90 pounds in this training but, cycle.
0: Well, how about- But also- three, You know, go ahead. If, 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 you know, the grind is where the, the form- uh degrades if it's going to degrade somewhere that's it's going to be in the grind so i think exactly you're also doing it as a preventative measure to stay healthy right right Right. yeah you only have
2: so many out of position reps in your body (laughs) (laughs) that's very well put (laughs) sorry indeed
1: that's all right, so like uh, a t-shirt. So, <laughs> so now I, um, I, this all became very, 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 very clear for me when, in I think it was 1988, I moved to Milford, Connecticut. I took a job uh, ramrod in a, a steel warehouse in Milford, and I ran into a guy, um, Big Dino, who was anyway. Dina's, I, said, I met him at a bar and I said, uh, Dina, where does everybody train? He said, Fantana's. So I met Kenny Fantano. Now, what Ken would do, he could not get a training session during the week. So on Sunday, he'd shut the gym down and they would squat bench dead and do arms. Now, the strategy was everybody, they didn't do back off sets. They worked up to one top all out set moved on. Um, now a couple days later, Ken would come in and do some incline dumbbell presses. But that—that that was it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but he—he he, he, main point being that that's where I was introduced to this idea. Of, Let's do it all in one day. Get it out of the way. And these guys took their time. They—I mean, there was a big crowd would show up to those Sunday sessions. They'd have two platforms working. But I mean. I, now that would be three hours plus. And afterwards, uh, there was a, there was a, a pizza parlor right next door. So they order like 10, they called them pies. They'd order 10, 10 pies. Where's 10 pies, Mark? Oh yeah. Those are great. That was a, those are, those are great training sessions. You'd have Gene Denae, Kenny Fantano, Danny Dierica all of them squatting 900 plus super deep, uh, all of them bench pressing 600 raw. Uh, In the same gym, right?
0: You got to order up some pies after all that, right? Oh,
1: (laughs) man, Kenny. But it was great. And because I had come from chalets, now Mark trained twice a week, but the content of Mark's training was the most minimal I've ever encountered. I think it's the most minimal of any world-level athlete in any sport. I defy anyone in any sport to train less and win a world championships and set world records than Mark Chalet. And what it consisted of is on Monday, he would work up to a single rep in the squat and the bench press. And on Thursday, he would work up to a single rep in the deadlift. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) So he was doing three all-out sets of one rep each a week. No,
1: no, no. He was doing one set of one rep after warm up, he'd do his warm up sets, and then he'd do one top set in the deadlift, depending upon what he was supposed to hit. All right, let's All say right. I would set uh, he he and I would set up his periodized cycle. Let's say he wanted to hit eight eighty at the end of the cycle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we wanted to end with uh, eight sixty five in training. He'd want fourteen days out from that. So we'd probably have to start his first training session would probably have to be, I don't know, seven and a quarter, right? At the for the in the first of 12 weeks. So he'd come in and he'd he'd work up to one rep in seven with seven and a quarter, and he's done, time to bench. All right. When he was
2: doing his warm-ups, where they like triples and doubles. Pardon? His warm-ups, triples and doubles.
0: It's
1: not if he could avoid it.
0: <laughs> so his warm-ups were one rep too, 30,
1: right? One, two, right? Oh, pretty much. Four. Yeah, he so might that do doesn't he, warm you up too much though. He might do three on the first one. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you're not built like Mark Chalet either.
2: Yeah, he's still doing ten sets of one before he gets there. If you think about it, man, he had to do Yeah, he's
0: doing he, a lot. Yeah. Mar, so maybe Mark's, that was idea,
1: Mar, Mark's <laughs> idea Mark's idea idea of a good warm-up was an hour in the sun bed. That'll warm you up. I think you look good too. I think that phone kept him warmed up. <laughs> I'm the a famous
2: phone. So let me ask that. you this: So when is a trainee? So do, so when you when you have a beginner, let's say Marty, you're training a you know 18 year old kid. I have but beginners. Never
1: never lifted before. Would you start? I have those first? guys. Okay. I have those guys. They come and seek me out, and I say, okay, can you come to Don Barry's on Sunday? Right. And we, so and we have them we, off. we have Powerlift Church. And they show up and they get expert coaching and we squat, we bench, we deadlift, we do overhead press, we do arms, I send them on their way. So a true beginner, you would start off one day a week also. Well, if that's what we got, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's when what, they can what would be that, ideal? Oh, I guess probably you know, um, what? I mean it depends how much access they have to expert yeah. coaching or how good they are set off on their own. I don't know. You Jim, you you tell me. Well, what I would was because you you, you're, you're in this situation. You right. have young trainees. What, what do you, yeah. How do you set them up?
2: Well, I think you got to get that skill acquisition. Uh, okay. and so, but I, I, you know, and I know that everybody still does the beginners three days a week, but I like twice a week for, you could squat twice a week and learn the movement and what would be your con teams.
1: what would be your content on that of, the workouts, of, the of, you, of your workouts?
2: Yeah, I like the two days on, one day off, two days on, two days off. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday off.
1: But what would, be your, what would be your exercises?
2: Well, day one would be your bench press. So that would be bench, incline, overhead press, tricep stuff, cool. close grip probably. Um, and then, I, you know, I always think, well, if I train that front delt so much, I better train some side and rear. So you do a little two sets of 10 of this and laterals and this. And then... Uh, day two would be your heavy squat day, um, with maybe some hamstring assistance. Definitely some pulling m- motions. If,
1: you know what I like for if, for guys who don't know how to squat, I like to teach them how to front squat. Well,
2: listen to this. So on that day four, I'll skip day. Day three would be another bench day, but it would be a, a more of a lighter day. But the but the Friday, I would front squat first, then deadlift. Okay. okay. All the guys.
1: Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um,
2: and then if they feel like that they're still not getting the back squat, then I'll say, okay, we'll alternate weeks with the front and back on that day too uh, of legs. But uh, I agree, man. The front squat is an integral movement. And I think it develops um, it develops you differently. And it, it points totally. weak, weak points in your back squat. Uh, that's right. Because when you go back to the back squat, it's like, welcome home, man. <laughs> well that person already has the skill of the back squat it's it's somehow it makes your back squat easier
1: and it's just the ideal flow is you first we teach them the goblet right yeah and that teaches them all the good the good habits vertical torso vertical shins nothing but leg full range of motion so what makes more sense when after they work up to a big kettlebell or a big dumbbell in the goblet they sort of run out of room put them up Give him a barbell. Right. Right. And then here we go in the front squat, maintaining that identical form. Yeah. Right. Oh, perfect. Right. Now the now the real challenge is now can we transition from that perfect front squat form to a perfect high bar back squat form? Yeah. Right. That's only then do I allow them to low bar. They gotta go through all that first before we get to low bar.
0: You have everybody low bar, Marty?
1: No. Well, I mean, not. I, I mean, what do you mean? No, no, I don't. No. no. If they
0: want oh, to stick with the high bar, they stay there.
1: It doesn't, I won't say what they think matters. I mean, it's really more what I think. And there are a lot of people that never have to progress past the goblet squad.
0: Hmm.
1: It gives them all they can handle. And they're doing hmm. it correctly. And the goal is not to turn them into lifters. The goal is to strengthen their legs, particularly if you have some civilians. We have some civilians that train with us too. They have no aspirations at all for anything athletic or other than, hey, I'm sort of at that point in life where I'm having some health issues. I know I need to get stronger. Let's go. I said, well, guess what? We're going to squat, bench, deadlift, and overhead press and do some arms. You're just going to do it different than the rest of them. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, Jim, uh, the template you just described, how long are those training
2: sessions? Man, after an hour, you're fooling around. Uh, You know, an hour, an hour. Uh, Yeah. Upper body takes not quite as long.
1: Twice a week, twice a week, totally two hours a week.
2: Yeah, man, just get in and get out.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're going up to one all-out
2: set. Yeah, and then you know what's funny is that your body uh, starts to adapt. You know, I'm always like, dude, what are you, why are you sitting around? Let's go. You know, Pretend yeah. you, you have two, two partners, right? You did your set, then the next guy goes, you're, and then the next guy, you're up. You know, yeah. it's, and then eventually your body can adapt to heavy weights with shorter rest periods. And I remember, Marty, you wrote this article 20 years ago uh, <laughs> with Brad Gillingham and how he had to adjust uh, the speed of an IPF meet. Oh. And you had had so much experience, you trained him that to, to adjust to that. And yeah, you got over there. It's no,
1: it, it's no joke. It's no yeah. joke. Yeah.
2: And, and he's still uh, deadlifting over 800, but his rest period a lot shorter than the usual rest period where you're sitting on a bench, you know, just sitting there going, okay, now I'm ready, that kind of thing.
1: Well, I, I tell you another advantage. I, it's um, pro- probably the biggest complaint about uh, training all in the same day is that uh, you train the deadlift after the squat and they go, really tired heading into the deadlift if I squat even just doing one one set of squats but you're doing all you can handle we put the bench in between which gives them a bit of a break but then it's time to pull and you know it's true you're you're fatiguing a lot of the same muscles on the two lifts basically because we of the way that we squat and we deadlift regardless in the deadlift if you're a sumo deadlifter or a conventional deadlifter we have purposely so many similarities between our squat and the dead because we want to harness that that squat power that we built. leg right. yeah oh we got it see we got world record level legs that's what this our school of squatting builds um you know we got the the medals and the championships to prove it too, all up and down the line. This stuff that we do works, but we need to harness that in the deadlift. We don't throw it away in the deadlift; we harness it. So we have the way to to incorporate the two. But what happens in training is that they all feel a little fatigued going into the deadlift. Well, in competition, yep. the guys that deadlift on s- different days they are happy as hell just to equal what they equaled in training most of them lose poundage in competition because they have to deadlift on the same day that they have squatted my guys all add 50 pounds to their deadlift because they're like wow you mean we get to rest two to three hours before we have to deadlift this is fantastic (laughs) right and everybody they're like Wow, this is great. We feel so strong in the deadlift. I said, yeah, well, that's what some rest will do for you. So, yeah, we um, we suffer in training, but we thrive in competition. Everybody else thrives in training, but come competition, man, they are just fighting to, to hang on to what they got.
0: Right? Are your guys, since you guys are doing a one-day-a-week schedule, are your guys hanging out at the end and doing any accessory work, or is everybody just done and fried? I think that depends. You know on everybody and it's i think that varies week to week they know
1: what they should do we got some guys that are working on power clean right now they're they're serious sure. we have we have a couple of good olympic lifters so uh you know they teach the newer guys like hey what we doing this power clean thing you know and and you know so they're working on that we got uh we're Doing a lot of the guys are using the front press as a way to warm up for the squat because it's you just press off the rack and it's the lightest thing we do, really. I guess, other than maybe arms, curls, but you just walk in there and you just got the empty 45 pound bar. You rep that, throw a couple tens on, rep that, throw a couple tens on, rep that. You know, keep throwing tens on, all of a sudden you're at a top set of five to six. You're done. Let's squat. Yeah and you got them out of the way, your shoulder girdle's warmed up. We find it easier to get into position in the back squat. Overhead squats are great for that too, Marty, aren't they? Our guys can't do overhead squat. Maybe look, uh, they'd have to take a grip so wide. It would look like a, no, I'm need sorry. need a big PVC pipe, that's all you <laughs> Oh, uh, long as you, yeah, no, yeah, uh uh-uh. yeah.
0: No, tim press. Yes. Jim, would you recommend if you had one of your uh, if you had one of your uh, clients doing this? I mean, would you have them do some? You know, I'm talking about one day a week uh, working out, training. Uh, Would you have them do some curls after some, maybe some dips and things like that? You know, if if yeah, two sets of of biceps, two sets of triceps. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, Also, Jimmy,
1: you should we should talk about stretching it out. I mean, the one day a week is sort of the default. The Mm -hmm. default, the uber fundamental, you know, if push comes to shove, you got one time a week. But if you got time and inclination, spread it out. Right. And What what are are you doing, Jim? You're doing some some cool. Yeah,
2: so this morning uh, I went in to the the gym and I I was done in, you know, 35 minutes and I did uh, bench stuff. I did lateral raises. I did dips and I did... uh, One more chest exercise. Oh, another uh, chest machine to finish. Um, And so that's chest shoulders. And then yesterday I did back stuff. I did worked up to a heavy set. I did a light light set, a medium set, and then a failure set on three or four back exercises. And that literally took like 25
1: minutes. What were the back exercises?
2: Um, I did, uh, let's see the first one. Oh, uh, machine pullovers, machine pullovers. Love that's the, you know the pre. Love those. That yeah. was one of Dorian's favorites. That's right, and it just so happens I was watching a Dorian video the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, machine. <laughs> those. And then I did cable rows, right? Same thing, to light, medium, and then you know. So when I'm saying that failure set, I'm going till the bar only moves a few inches. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I did a pull down, uh, a hammer pull down same thing bar till the bar moves a few inches and it's you know my goal was to get six reps i think seven and eight were like half reps All right and then i went over and i did one arm rows i did 120 for six no i did yeah 120 for six 140s for six 160s for six that's it mm-hmm. and that was it yeah you know? and i was yeah. out of it, man it was you know I got how, how long Man, that may have been twenty-five minutes.
1: Twenty-five minutes. Yeah, Very but good. I mean, I'm
2: not talking. I don't have a partner, and I don't, you know, look yeah. at anybody or anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're just listening to your finished death metal or whatever. But the good thing is, when
2: I when you go in early, they're playing classic rock. So it's, yeah, <laughs> <don't have>
1: <laughs> yeah we can we can go for that. Yeah. Uh, what did I do the other uh, yesterday? Yesterday, uh, bench competition grip with identical grip lat pull down. Now in between as soon as I bench I do um, leg raise where your legs are below the level of the bench and then you your hands are on the bar you pull yourself so that your feet are up in the air right yeah. I'm Bruce Lee like mm-hmm. I do eight reps so so I bench then I do those leg raises then I go over and I do the lat pull down with the same grip width as I've just done in the bench right. I work up to a top set of i did eight pauses uh and so that and then i did uh backed off and i did a rep out set with a narrow grip i use the same grip width of my bench press as i do when i do overhead press good you should right and and then i supersetted that so I did one, one set, I think I got like, I don't know, 11 reps with 30 pounds less. But then I it that with, with a close grip set of pull downs using that same grip width, right? And another set of leg raises. So that only took me like 15 minutes. And it was, that's, that's it, man. I mean, I had nothing left for my benching. I had nothing left for my back. And my abs were st- are still sore today.
0: <laughs> I did legs today. I think it took like I don't know forty minutes. I, t- I took my time warming up and doing all that. So I, I did, did one. I did one all out set of uh, squats. Um, so are you doing out, bar- barbell back or what? Bar- yes, barbell back squats, high bar. Oh, uh, but I'm I'm pausing at the bottom and just you know, exhaling at the bottom, letting yeah. it just come down. And I'm just, you yeah. know, Marty always says, you're going to be weak as a kitten, come down, rest, stretch, yeah. and then come back up. No explosion, just grind it up. Yep. That's what I did for, uh, I did one set of eight reps. That'll, that'll, set, that'll set your thighs on fire. It will, it will. And <laughs> then I, and then I dropped the weight in half and I did some, uh, I went down to parallel this time and repped that out for, I think, eight or 10. That's a so thought, burner. And then I went and did, um, I did uh, the hamstring machine, the lying leg curl for two sets. That was it for legs. And then for squats, I did uh, two sets of um, seated calves. Mean, Failure. Yeah, I, think
1: the, I think the only thing I'd add is, I think after you did those squats, I love those squats. It's almost like yoga with weights, right? Mm-hmm uh dengo do do they have a hack machine they do yeah i'd go over and do a set of hacks jim wouldn't you after you finish the squats just
2: the hacks so there's such a difference in hacks There's right they're just knee crushers man yeah you can't get your feet in the right spot where it doesn't crush your knees
0: i know what you're talking about yeah
2: yeah but the cybex one or something really high quality like the old flex ones they actually feel good to your knees you know yeah. so first but yeah i love axe man for, and for
0: some reason on some of these things and i'll use the uh what do we call it the the half hacks what you know where it, the pad's not on your shoulders it's on your at your lower back so you're not like that one. the spine. I like that one I like, I like that one yeah but it is so uncomfortable yeah. to come down to parallel or beyond parallel no, for no, some reason no avoid
2: it avoid it you gotta it. put your feet way up high on that platform no, 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 because no, no, you're no. in
0: that you're in that that groove that's being dictated by, no. by the machine it's not no. natural
1: no, no no yeah no, no, no. you do I like that,
0: uh, so. I like leg press
1: okay well yeah after you finish your squats and, and it doesn't have to be heavy just something that's gonna tax you when you get to the eight to ten Rep range, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just rep it out. And yeah, on the leg press, you got to be careful. Don't come down too far to where your, your butt starts lifting. Nope. Nope, and nope, you start nope. having uh, lower back problems. And I forgot right. that. So that's right. I think a
2: great thing to do is go right leg, 10 reps, left leg, 10 reps. Oh. Take two minutes, right leg. ten. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got one, we got a unilateral. press at my gym. And so you could do that. You know, it's just another way to add some intensity after you did your squats yeah yeah just then, mix it up and then jog home yeah and then back <laughs> but,
0: but marty what about the? what if we're going to spread this out maybe a half hour a day during the week after well yeah
1: well squat on day one yeah yeah right uh bench on day two uh what gym on day back, three back power
2: power clean Oh, you could clean, but
1: you could clean more than once, but yeah, you could. Yeah, I'm going to say power power clean on day three, right? Yeah. Arms on day four. Uh, I don't know what deadlift on day five. Deadlift on day five. Yeah. And then I don't know what, what to finish out. Oh, shoulders. You got to throw some shoulders in there, right? Some sort of overhead press. That's six days right there. Maybe on day seven, you um, go train at Don Berry's and do all the lifts on the same day. (laughs)
2: i mean you're right right you can you can stress it out i mean that's exactly what i've done now for years
1: i find that if i'm doing one lift i tend to kind of want to superset it instead of just kind of standing around waiting to recover so if i'm doing a set of squats well you know let's do some leg curls or some cap raises while we're waiting if i'm doing some biceps well let's do some triceps if i'm if i'm doing a push why not do a lot pull down because there's no there's no conflict one is not taking away from right. the performance of the other. If, yeah. You're just Something standing like around anyway, course, yeah. you get you yeah. get in twice as much work for the same amount of time. That's right. If all you right?
2: did a set of dips after even your warm-ups and squats, all of a oh, sudden you know, yeah. sets of dips. Oh okay, yeah. And knock that out for the week. You know, that could be your tricep. Yep, yep. And then you got yep. your squats in there. I mean, that, that's the part, you know, just have, it should have no conflict, like you were saying, with the but, body part that you're really focusing on.
0: But, okay, let me ask you about that. All right. Say you're doing legs and between sets you're going to do some, uh, you know, dips, just like you said. I've never really done that because I don't want to, tr- I don't want my body to fight pulling blood from the top to the bottom, back to the top. I, I mean, is there anything yeah. to that? That'll should we be, be thinking lot about that?
1: that's a big i don't think that's even true is that
0: is that yeah. a bodybuilding myth yeah that, was, that was a
1: good. that was a that was weider principle number 87 no,
0: no, yeah yeah, yeah i think that Weter was clinic.
1: <laughs> from the Weeder clinic indeed before it yeah. burnt down yeah
2: but now jp now <laughs> marty will attest to this if you're going up to 700 for a triple on your squat you're not going to do that you may do it the first couple sets but you got to have all your focus on that squat but if you're doing a training session where you know, you're off season or whatever, you can definitely go back and forth without it mentally taxing you. You know what I'm saying? So if you're yeah. sitting there waiting on that 700-pound squat, you need to be there totally. Well,
1: I, yes. But I, I think if I were to do, uh, uh, your, what was the first thing you do is squat? You start with squat, right? Yeah. Well, I was sitting around in the squat, JP. Mm-hmm. I just walk over and do a set of leg curls on the leg curl machine. That That's the kind of rope. That would be push-pull.
0: And I'll tell you what, you'll pump those legs right up. Right. Now you're pumping them the front and the back. And, and it, it, uh, it, it,
1: you know. it really helps your knees because you're you're working the knees from the front and the back. And then what I do is I add a tricep, right? Then I'll go do a set of calves. Yeah. So I'll do squat, leg curl, calf raise, rest. Yeah. Yeah. Now, after three sets, I stop doing the leg curls and the calf raise and just continue on. For another two to three sets with my squats now you're warmed up oh yeah man and i've gotten three good sets of leg curls and three good sets of calf raises which i need mm-hmm. uh particularly as i age because like oh yeah i got good hamstrings uh not if you don't use them mm-hmm. so uh and you'd be surprised how weak you are when you sit down and do a strict leg curl and yeah, back when you were young, you used to sort of jerk and bounce a hundred pounds. Now try doing thirty without any momentum and mm-hmm. pulling it all the way up, and you'd be you'd be amazed, right? And pause it. And uh, pause it. Slowly, it Slowly. Yep. And no bouncing yep. at the bottom. No, no jerking to start. Oh, I'm sorry. No you don't no get rusting. Yeah. yeah, and that... your, your hand. And also push your butt. Don't let your hips rise up right. as you
0: pull because that's what they want to do. You push your hips down, exactly, and that just isolates the hamstrings even more. And uh, you yes. know you're making light weights heavy. Oh man, twenty five pounds, and you're like, "Am I really this
2: weak?" Yeah, no, but you no, but you're right, Marty. I think Platts was using. He made a point in the seminar. He's using like fifty pounds in leg curls. Yeah. But he's doing it so perfectly, and he's squeezing and lowering slowly. Yes. You know, he's getting yes. a, a a speedy start, but the lowering, the squeezing and the lowering sort of negates all that momentum that he
1: had, you know. And you're doing all – it's not like you're, you're, you're keeping something in the bag. The 50 pounds is
0: kicking your ass. I mean, it is really hard. Yeah. Right? Who was just telling me that Platts only trained legs every fourteen days? I Talk think about that was the whole you, Marty.
2: time Once every fourteen days, man.
0: Yeah, because it was so intense <laughs> that it took him four, two weeks to recover. And he still got bigger.
1: And, and but 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 he's doing a mountain of other stuff because he was from a, he was from a, a two three time a week era. He was in that late eighties, early eighties. Um, he might have been hitting it stuff three times a week, like well, he said. He know.
2: was, and then because he was training with Arnold. Uh-huh. he said, I'm getting smaller and smaller and Arnold's getting bigger <laughs> and bigger. <laughs> and so he said, You know, Arnold, I love you, I admire you, but I can't do this.
1: Yeah. yeah. He
2: felt, you know, he was so fast twitch, this is what he's his words, is that he felt like he needed that hit it with a hammer and then don't hit it again.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Hit it with a hammer and then let it rest. Well, guess what? It worked. It worked, and and you know that's that's a a, um, a really a testament to his brain power there to say you know what just because it works for him doesn't mean it's going to it's the same thing Yates did Yates was like that I you know squats that's... aren't for me you know he tried squatting for a few years developed some side and stuff but he kept getting banged up
0: so he he found what worked yeah. best for him you know yeah you have to listen to your body because we're all created differently we all have different genetics we all we're, we're taller we're shorter we're wider whatever. Uh, listen to you know, after you've been doing it a while, you'll get to know your body and what That's what you respond to for
2: a while, but yeah, yeah.
0: Now, speaking of hack squat, I mean, uh, <laughs> Plats used to do the hack squat, but he would do sissy squats, he would turn the hack squat into uh, a sissy squat. He
2: had some bulletproof knees because I tried to some bulletproof and knees. I found my knee across the room, you know. <laughs> can you
0: do
1: can yeah. you do uh, sissy squats with you know, without anything, just with the, your board on your? We used well, to do them with a four by four underneath your heel. Yeah.
0: Well, or do them on a suspension trainer. Yes. Do yeah. them using that. And yes. In fact, Marty, you and I were at that convention that one time and you had me doing that. You said, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's try some sissy squats. I don't know if yeah. you remember, but you had me put the board under my heels and go down all the way and just rest uh, it's and fiber. It oh is a fire burner.
1: You want to it burn sets, your legs out? Ooh, set your legs on fire! Of course, that's mm-hmm. when uh, Chuck and the salesman got into the push-up contest, doing half, <laughs> doing doing half reps. I just spent I just I just spent an hour talking about how we need to slow rep speed down, and I walked over to get a soda, and by the time I was back, Chuck had the salesman doing partial reps, and one guy was up to 78.
0: Yeah, they were going so fast, it was like a blur. And Ch-
1: and Chuck Chuck is urging him on.
0: Chuck, yes, that's it. That's it. You've got it. Shazam! <laughs> he doesn't
2: say Shazam. He said, well, golly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, let, let me ask Jim this. <clears throat> All right. For, since... You're a uh, world-famous bodybuilder, and uh, I've been known to do some bodybuilder. I've never competed. I just didn't have the, the right structure. Wait, can you it? call
2: yourself a bodybuilder if you don't compete?
0: That's the question. Go ahead. Well, yeah, you can. Okay. I'm a non-competitive <laughs> bodybuilder.
1: Okay, um, there are many great. best cap awards that went unwon. JP, you would have a slew of best cap trophies. Oh, man, yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe I just train my calves and nothing else, else, and uh, walk on stage, so cap
1: shot, and leave. You'd be the plats or calves.
0: That's it. But Jim, what would you say to uh, any bodybuilder that that doesn't do the the core four lifts or the core three? You know, they say, "Well, that's for power lifters. I mean, yeah. because during your bodybuilding career, you've always done these exercises. Of course, you've got an extensive powerlifting background as well. But there's a lot of bodybuilders out there, I don't think, that do these lifts because they think of them as, um, you know, it's, it, you, well, Dorian Yates, for example, he didn't even squat in the later years, he didn't right. really need to, and plus, I think he had got injured doing the squat. But for everybody else, I mean, how critical is building your bodybuilding foundation for, you know, for having these uh, core yeah. four exercises?
2: Yeah, I I think they're imperative, and I think you have to spend years doing them. Um, There is a different look to guys who do the squat, the bench, the deadlift, the overhead press than guys who are machine trainers. There's no question. Now, if you've already developed all that mass and all that, you can get away with not doing it for a while, but your physique will show it. So there has to right. be some type of squat, because even though um, Dorian wasn't doing a barbell back squat, he was pushing those hacks till his vastus came off. I mean, he and was leg press doing too, yeah. the squatting motion, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's a different motion. And this sounds crazy, but the leg press versus the hack. I would take the hack. I think the hack is better for you than the leg press. I think the squatting motion linear, linearly is better. Now, I'm not going to I can't back that up just from empirical uh, evidence. But I think, you know, that thickness stuff now, can you deadlift for 10 years and then go a little lighter and use it as a a pre-exhausting where you've already done your lap pulls, pullovers, and then finish with the deadlift? Yeah. Now you're still getting your erector work that you're not getting with those other exercises. So Mm -hmm. when when I think of, you know, what exercise is going to give you the most bang for the buck and what's going to give you that thickness that nobody else has? And those are those exercises. The hardest ones on your body so you know everybody's like oh well i'm just squatting for my legs that's bull You're squat how do you think you're balancing that your obliques your abs your your shoulders you know all this stuff Th- those exercises give you so much more than just an uh quote-unquote isolation exercise that i think you have to do
0: you know what too um i mean back back in my prime i could just bust ass at the at the uh gym and on leg day and do squats, and you could. Li- when I went home, you could literally feel the testosterone increase <laughs> yeah. from that ex- from that training session, from that exercise, from squats, yeah, because it that has is, such it. an effect on the overall the entire body. That's right. It really does. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think uh, whether you're a, certainly if you're powerlift, you have to do those exercises. But if you're a bodybuilder. Yeah. Then, You're you're doing yourself a a great injustice by skipping those and doing and if I might add. Go ahead, Mark.
1: If Dr. Ryan Chow recommends them, we need to be doing them. Well, health-wise too. Right. And and I use that example of
2: Phil Wagner with his pro baseball players. You know, (laughs) I was watching this pro baseball strength coach train a pitcher who'd been in the league for a while and He's standing on one leg and circling his arms and all this. Man, I'm just like, what are you doing, dude? Just you're better off go watching film. And then I look at Phil's guys and their starters for the A's and the Rockies and all this, and they're cleaning and deadlifting. Now he's big on a slow eccentric on the deadlift. So their their weights are 225 to 2 to 315. But they're making that feel like 500 but it's so perfect and everything's just right and he's turning it around fast
1: that's right got
2: the slow eccentric so he's coiling yeah so instead of dancing on a on a coiling. Ball, dancing on one leg just
1: go do that yeah. you know i was watching um you can you, you can bounce on a bosu ball correctly we'll talk later on that okay um, it's, uh, it's like saying you hurt your back during the deadlift Right,
2: I'm saying as far as your core exercises, go ahead and knock those out before you do all that other stuff. Or, or and, and right. if you're strong, you can do all that stuff easily.
1: Yeah, again, it's uh pe- guys would rather do curls and right bench presses than deadlifts.
2: I was watching this. I was watching Andy Ruiz, who's the heavyweight boxer, um, and he's training. He's lost a bunch of weight. He was always real heavy, and he was doing so much stuff that didn't make sense to me. I literally yelled at the TV the other night, just freaking squat, man. Just, just stop. Well, Squat, deadlift, press, well, bench, and then go do your skill work. You're taking all this time holding a kettlebell on your shoulder, standing on a bench, stepping off the other side, doing a boogaloo. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Just lift and then go do all your skill work.
1: I told this story in one of the articles recently about the UFC middleweight champ who, uh, he contracted a bodybuilder, had a big time bodybuilder yeah. that I, I know yeah. and had him put the, put the guy through, I think it was twice a week. These, I think they're like 45 to 50 minute long sessions where he just roll from lap pull down to the leg press, to the, this machine, to the, that machine, to the arm, crook to the, that. And he's doing like 30 reps. And then the, the owner trainers jumping in and giving them like 10 more four straps and on to the next and on, no break and on to the next and on to the next. And, and the idea was he's going to build a bigger gas tank. Right, right, Jim. Right. So essentially he was being beat down twice a week.
2: Plus he's doing a lot of other stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, and you just wonder what the quality was of anything he did after he did that on that day, how good could it have been? And and the rationale was wrong. The idea that, well, we're gonna teach you how to take a beating, right? We're gonna teach you how to get beat down and how to build a bigger gas tank. And then ironically, the guy got gassed out in two fights against um, the same fighter, and gassed out in the first round. And he, they came off stage and, and the, after the, one of the fights, my guy asked him, and said, what happened? And he said, I gassed out. And my guy said, that's impossible. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, you know what? You can build a 20 gallon gas tank, but you can burn through a 20 gallons of gas a hell of a lot faster than another guy can maintain his 10 gallons, yes. right?
2: Yeah, you're you're not imposing the correct demands. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean it depends how fast you burn your fuel. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did build a bigger gas tank. Get getting beat down twice a week. I, I, I guess so. Like a like a prisoner in us in a camp, <laughs> right? Overwork, just beat him up. Right. You if you hire
2: these strength coaches, you know, and you got a twelve week camp, and you're, you know, and you're getting paid, you know. $15,000 or whatever, and you just go in there and go, well, all we got to do is three exercises twice a week. <laughs> I mean, you know, and people want, no, no, we don't, and go swimming. And, and yes, just, yes. no, you don't, you really can do this and you'll be fine. And then uh, I give you, I gave you the greatest gift that you can't get from anywhere. I gave you time yeah. on your skills and yeah, we're going to condition, we're going to run hills, we're yeah. going to and then you're going to uh. stop for a minute, next guy's coming in, uh. next guy's coming in, we're doing yeah. all that, but that's directly working on your skills, and then now over here, we're just going to stay strong as we can for
1: these 12 weeks. That's all we need. That's all you and,
2: need, man, it's uh, all you need.
1: And, and you know what, you know, here's the same thing with Like with the sprint coaches. You know, like a sprint coach, they gotta, if you're working with sprinters, you gotta have them sprint hundred percent every day. And it's like, no, not really. Yeah. If if you can have them sprint all out once or twice a week, you're doing great. So the rest of the time, go do something else. So now the sprint guys are over with the absolute strength guys and they're doing kind of minimum stuff, right? And just go do your other cardio related stuff. You got plenty of time. Yeah because for all out running you only need twice a week for all out lifting i don't know 2 3 times a week or a minimum t- amount of time let's say an hour and a half i don't think a, i don't think a regular person would need more than an hour and a half cumulative per week if it's good quality training time you could spread that out however you you felt like yep. you, you you could uh, adjust the frequency you could go from one day a week to two days a week or three days a week, it's all the same. There's no right answer. One doesn't trump the other. Right, right. It's just different, different versions of the same thing. I think that's important.
0: Let's talk about equipment just real quick, just briefly, to kind of uh, give people an idea of what they would need to to match these training templates. And it's real simple, basically. I mean. You know, it's as simple as the training itself. I mean, to do all this, I think you'd need what a half rack, uh, adjustable bench, uh, barbell set, maybe a couple of mats, right? That's basically all you'd need for certainly the core four, a bunch of accessory exercises and things like that. Don't you think, Jim?
2: Yeah, you could have a couple of dumbbells in there or kettlebells. I'd rather have the dumbbell because you can do everything you can do with a kettlebell, you can do with a dumbbell. So if you're making, you know, if you're thinking about money, get you, get you some dumbbells. And then uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. That's all you need: a power rack, Olympic weights, and yeah. uh, bench press. Yeah. I'd
1: yeah. Start, I start with a barbell on the floor. You know. You can do everything with that. That's for sure. Sure. Right. And I, and then I worship the power rack. To me, the power rack is the center of every serious gym because that enables you to train safely by yourself.
0: That's right. Right, you got to have the uh, the spotter bars. You got to have those adjustable oh, well, spotter bars.
1: That's the whole game.
0: You know, for and you use those for, for all the lifts, the squat, the the bench. But like Marty said, I mean, if nobody's there and you miss a rep, you got to be thinking about that. How, how many times have the three of us been at home uh, bench pressing on picnic benches and all this other crap we had to do way back then? You miss a rep, nobody's home. Because it's right after school or whatever, and you're screaming and, and trying to push the barbell <laughs> down. And was,
2: that kid from USC, you know, he passed on with bench pressing. Uh, it's the most dangerous exercises to do alone, man. You got to really be smart with that. Right. Really yeah. Smart. Well,
1: I, I've I've had a I've dragged a power rack around with me the same one for forty years. It's just for four uprights uh, perfect, right? yeah and it, and it also has the chin bar on it it's just perfect. and the thing is like a tank and it allows me i have set the pins just slightly below my chest level so if i miss a bench i just ride it down and i exhale just blow my air out and it high centers and i you know, you know, squeeze out from underneath squat <laughs> you miss a rep i set it right below parallel and just write it down to the pins and just head on out. It's no big deal, right? Yeah. And you yeah, can also use it for you can use it for partials and the deadlift, uh, all kinds of uses. Use the chin bar, the overhead bar. There's a very simple single lat attachment that's great. So you can just uh, you know a simple pulley device that hooks to it, and all of a sudden you can do pull downs and stuff like that. So that's push downs. So. That, to me, is that on the barbell and a bench. You need a flat bench. Uh, you actually get a bench that inclines, right? If you're going to get a bench. Get one that
0: inclines. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, get one that, that's got multiple adjustments on it that you, you can actually do uh, shoulder presses with as well, you know, that goes up all the way. Um, so, yeah, but that's basically it. Like Jim said, you could add... Dumbbells, preferably, you know, you have some dumbbells in there if you have the room, if you have it in the budget. Well, you love, know what I love, love
1: dumbbells. I, love I got dumbbells. the uh,
2: Olympic handle dumbbells that I can adjust and put the 25s and the 10s and all that on. It holds like 160, yeah. 180 pounds, something like that. So, those are good. Um, you know, you can do your one arm rows, you can do, you know, yeah. pull over, you can do all that stuff. And I use the big. Heavy, remember the big heavy collars that we had at Mac, Marty? The yeah. five-pound collars, the spin collars.
1: Did you use, they're they're did not you going st- anywhere. Did you steal those and put them in your gym bag when you ran? No, back No, no, But I love those things, man. Just when you put them <laughs> on, you're like, this is ladies, you know. Great.
0: Those are like five pounds
2: apiece, aren't they? Yeah, five pounds apiece. Love them.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. The old Olympic collars. Oh, man. Those were, I love those. Yeah.
0: Well, good deal. I just want to finish up with that a little bit. Uh, this was really good. This was yeah. really good information. And like we said, summer's pretty much here. A lot of people got a lot of stuff going on, Well, we don't want all our gains to stop. We don't want, we want our, our, our strength to keep going up. And these are some very easy ways to get that done. Uh, Like we said, there's different templates you can you can you know expand it or 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 uh you know reduce it just to to one day a week, whatever fits in your schedule. As long as you're doing something, you can make it work. You got to give that that hundred percent effort very important, very important. All right, so good deal. So check out Marty's weekly column Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Let's see. What's your latest article, Marty? It's Nutritional Primitive, right? Is it? Is
1: it? Yeah, that was a good one.
0: Yeah, we've got that. And that's kind of what we talked about um, last food. week. Food. We love to talk about food. We love talking about <laughs> how to cook proteins and, and different things. So go on there. You can check out Nutritional Primitive on our website now. Uh, and... Marty uh, wants us to mention his Instagram. So if you want to go to Instagram, go to at the Marty Gallagher. That's where where he's at. That's where he's posting different uh, food recipes and crab cakes and and different kind of things. Uh, If you need equipment, any kind of equipment, commercial, residential, anything, uh flooring whatever go to ironcompany.com you know we've got some really good usa made half racks coming out um they're by tough stuff i don't know if you guys have ever heard heard of tough stuff they're out in chino california what what is a half rack it's a think of a, a a power cage a power rack that's basically half the the depth um you're you're not squatting inside you're squatting outside
2: okay got it the front of it with uh spotter racks
0: got it got it it. yeah you have the you have the adjustable arms uh but you're not inside you're you're squatting outside and doing your benches and all that stuff i have a
1: remote customer in montreal that uses one of those
0: yeah well i mean they're great they they take a little bit less room they're cheaper um you know and you still get the same lifting done, pretty much
1: (coughs) he's in he's in in a fabulous high-rise apartment looking out over the city squatting in those
0: oh is that right yeah yeah um and we've got two of these now these are half racks and uh full power racks that also Uh, come with an adjustable bench and they've got a stack on the on the back they've got a weight stack so you can do your lap holes your low rows yeah stuff like that yeah Yeah. dip accessories and stuff like that so if you're setting up a home gym or a garage gym uh, we'll have those out too uh, pretty soon and they're usa made so this is you know this is very well made stuff and we're going to have the exclusive on that so it's going to be kind of nice um, we've got new Jim Steele articles. They can always be found at iron company in the articles section. So he gives us one a month. The one so, we still have up is a uh, midlife wake up call part two. Yeah. What's coming you, next?
1: Yeah. Um, we're tired of part two. Yeah. What's that? We're
0: getting, we're getting tired of that one. We've retired of that. Five times right. already. I put
2: it up last week. I don't know. I already finished the next one. I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I read a good book, man. I read a good book. Listen, "Last Son of the War God," all right, by Clay Martin. It's about this guy. Who's the War God? Uh, Clay, uh, the the character, the lead character, former Green Beret. He, this guy's the author is also, and this guy's out of the out of the Special Forces. He just wants to go to Idaho and uh, retire and clear his mind, and then he goes into a bar, and things start to happen, and. He has to exact some revenge on some people that have done some bad things. It's
1: Sounds like a Mark Wahlberg movie.
2: Really good. It would be a good Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah, it would be. I think I saw it.
0: <laughs> Last name of the war god, Clay Martin. All right. Good. All right. Good. Good for you. Yeah, man. What let's mention your website real quick, Bossbarbell.com. barbell.com. It's B-A-S-Barbell.com. What do you got going
2: on? All the info on Squat and Hunt. Newsletter. You should be ordering if you if you're a man
0: That's or a right. Tough woman yeah. or a Explain tough woman. that real quick. What's this all about?
2: Gun hunt is everything that uh, I like. It's hunting. It's it's uh, lifting. It's dogs. It's uh, gun It's all that stuff, man. Alcohol. You got uh, whiskey reviews. Yeah, man. Really? Yep. I have done pretty good. I probably sold 60, 70 copies of it.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah. Now this is an actual newsletter that goes out. It, it's on paper, it's right. stapled together, that gets mailed out. Right, right.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm done with the e stuff, and I'm like, it's old school. Right.
0: It's, going it's
2: back 1984. To- 1984, and you're yep. going to the mailbox, and you got something you're looking forward
1: to. Yeah, it's more like yeah. a ma- it's more like a manifesto. That's right, <laughs> redneck <laughs> manifesto.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, good. All right. There's no doubt that's going to keep growing and, and become extremely popular. And I don't know who you're going to recruit to staple all these after a while. I mean, UPS staples it for me. UPS staples
2: <laughs> it. Well, that's
0: right. All he's
1: right. got he's got young children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could ask them that's
0: why you have kids, right? To staple <laughs> and work, <laughs> on the farm. work on the farm. Mow the lawn. All right, all and, right uh, boys. Good. Right. What, one more quick thing. If right. you're uh, if you're wanting online training, you can uh, email Marty at ironcompany.com or Jim at ironcompany.com. They're ready, they're sitting there, they're standing by, ready to uh, give you some get you some gains and uh, you know put on some muscle.
2: Right. Only if you want to change your life. If you don't want to change, life, <laughs> don't email.
0: Yeah, yeah, don't bother, right? <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Thank you. you Excellent. Thank you. All right. bye. Bye.